Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show, today is the 24th of December. (laughs) It is Christmas Eve. It's Thursday. Um, I did want to let you know I will not be here tomorrow. I know Christmas Day is hard for people to get to the show, and every year I've done it, and then, you know, I hear that everybody's either had to re-listen or miss that show, so I figured just to take it off the table for a day. However, today I wish you a Merry Christmas tomorrow. I wish you a great and beautiful Christmas Eve because there's a lot about taking a leap of faith right now that keeps running through my mind because whatever we've gone through this past year has groomed us and is continuing to groom us. So let's see what happens. But I want to thank you guys in the chat. It's nice seeing you every day. And for everyone who calls in all year, I can see all the numbers. It's really beautiful just to be connected to everyone. And one thing that has been consistent this year, which I didn't realize until the end, was that the sieve just keeps on shaking. And one of the the ways that the sieve keeps shaking is what ends up coming out in our dreams. So today being Dream Team Thursday... I have a dream that says, good morning, dear Nadia. This might be for Friday's show, if you choose so. So can you please keep it anonymous? My question is about dreams. What does it mean when we dream something which is already a part of our reality in terms of becoming, but not really tangible yet, i.e. a dream of home while you are looking for one? Dreaming of writing a book while you are just journaling or daydreaming of a child, while you are hoping to add to the family. Are those dreams generally a green light? And if they make you feel good, strong, and confident. I have mistaken my dreams for such green lights in other occasions when they were actually giving me an outlet for an ego-driven fantasy. Oh, I like how the fantasy was spelled P-H instead of F. That's pretty cool. Fantasies. Those dreams were a bit different. They were more agitated and called for a total turnover in my life, which in the end was all good, but it put me through so much pain. My point is, how do we recognize the sort of guidance we receive through our dreams? How do we tell this is a red flag and this is a green light? Could you may sum it up a bit? Thank you for your beautiful show. Have a wonderful weekend. That's a good question because dreams, they don't take away anything from us. What they do is they take what's floating around in our minds, in our hearts, 
and our general purpose in our souls and gives us a way out, a thought out. It takes the thought from beginning to end. Now, it may seem a little crazy because when we dream, we are flying, we're dying, we're we're waking up, we're seeing people we don't know, we're seeing people we haven't seen in 30 years, depending on how old you are. And then we're like, what just happened? And why did I dream about that person? And where's, where's this going? And does this, is this good or is this bad? But really, it is an outlet. It's like you going to a drawer and you clean it out, and then you find something that might be a piece to a puzzle. And you go, oh, my gosh, this is where this has been. I have looked for this for a long time, and I didn't find it. And then you feel good that you found it. It makes you feel like anything else you've lost, you have the potential or an opportunity to find that too. Life isn't about the answers. It is about how we get there. It's hard for ego to come into our dreams other than showing us why that's something that will not work. Because our egos are super tricky, but in the deepest part of us, we're not run on ego. Egos like this goofball energy that shows up and challenges us and makes us think that no one can see us, no one knows what we're doing, no one knows why we're doing it, and all of that starts getting put in. And we start to believe that no one can see us. And, and the more we think no one can see us is actually the greater someone can see us. We all recognize the ego. When we dream about things we're already doing, why, why is that redundant? No, because it takes you to the fruition of the thought. So what happens is you're at school and you're studying pharmacy or you're studying mathematics or you're studying a science and you can't figure out how this and this equal that and you've tried all these ways and then you go to sleep and somehow in your dream you actually see it you solve it and you wake up and you remember the dream so well it's like meant so much to you because it is current I never saw it from that angle. <gasps> That's so cool. Now I know how to do this. How many times has that happened to us? I remember once I was asleep, and I was a stockbroker at the time, and I fell, on the sl- I fell asleep on the couch, and the TV was still on. And I know my kids weren't there that night because I never slept on the couch unless they were at their dad's. And so I fall asleep, and I can still hear this show about the money market. And it was talking about how money works, money as a tool, not money as, you know, we think of money as buying food and buying these things. So my brain is always in that place. But I never looked at money making the world go round, how it's run by money, how decisions are based on money, and why. And I always thought that that view was so selfish and inhumane. But those were my own issues with money. But when I 
understood it, the way they were saying it, it was a different kind of money they were talking about than the way I viewed money. Because I was the end user of money. They were the people who understood how it moves things around and keeps the world growing. So their view was way different than how I saw it. But it made me understand why a customer would come to my desk and what they were looking for from me. Because now they were looking at money in that way, not in my way. Like, wow, you have a lot of money. That's great. Now you have security. Because that's where I was at. So my view was shrink-wrapped into what lived in my own mind. But listening and dreaming in that whole combination stayed with me till this day because the impact, the direction it gave me really was not to be overlooked. The first time we did a dream theme show, we did a show about dreams, and Eliana wrote me and said, you should do a dream show every week. And I thought, well, I don't know if I even know enough about dreams. But I had a dream about dreams, which reminded me how important dreams are, how important they were. And I agreed to do it and thought, let's see what comes out. I took a chance. Today I put a post up that says, take a leap of faith. It's the only way to find out what faith is. And I learned more about dreams in this time on this show really by hearing other people's dreams because it made me realize, hey, I've had a dream similar to that. Wow, we're really not that far apart, are we? We're really close. I had a dream. And it wasn't long ago, it was in this year, but I can't remember, oh, in the early part of COVID, but I can't remember the day. But I remember having the dream, people kept pointing at me, pointing at me, pointing at me. And it taught me something. I accepted blame from other people. I don't know why I did. But I always tried to prove them right if they said something that I thought wasn't okay or hurt my feelings or made me defensive. And I realized that that was a sticking point with me. I did not like to be blamed for things. I would go out of my way to make sure that no one can blame me for anything. So when they did, I took it personally. I got hurt. I felt bad. Whatever it was. But then Christ asked me a question. And he said, why do you accept? Now think about this. It took me a minute because I really felt kind of weirdly, like I didn't even know myself. But well, why do you accept the energy of the people blaming you over and over again? And like the money issue, it shifted my whole world. 
Why did I accept the people that keep blaming me over and over again? And I keep trying to appease them. And then when I look back, I see all the pressure that I accepted from them. And then I looked back and said, wow, all the times I tried to reassure them, they never, ever accepted that. Pointing that finger, those fingers that were pointing. I, I had, There were no faces on the fingers. They were just, <laughs> because it's a dream, there were just arms with fingers pointing. No bodies. Because it didn't matter who it was. It mattered the energy I was willing to take on because others needed to do that. They didn't solve in themselves yet that certain things are their actual responsibility. And there was no way I was going to make them do that. That's how I know I can't fix anybody. I can only guide the way I myself am being guided by Christ. What we exchange energy with is us. We accept when we allow anybody to be in our lives that expects us to fix them. And yet you can tell them all day long and they will not hear you. And then you start feeling that angst. Oh, my God, I didn't answer them. Oh, my God, I didn't give them the level of attention they need and they're going to blow up on me. Instead of saying prior to that dream, why am I doing this? Why am I accepting that? Why am I allowing this? to be this undercurrent in my life. Why? And I said, because I want to be loved, just like anybody else. I want to heal people. I want to fix us. That's my desire. That's my intention. But sometimes people learn more from our absence than they learn from our presence. So when I see fingers pointing at me now, I understand. And I've been learning this lesson in different ways and in different phases and different depths from before I even saw Christ. But with Christ, I have been guided to understanding what I needed back from it, not what somebody was doing to me. People will only do to us what we accept. And people would say to me over and over again, why do you take that? And I'm like, ah, it's nothing. Oh, no, it was something. It was bigger than nothing. But that was my way of thinking. I got this. But I didn't have it. 
And in a way, not when I do a disservice to myself, what's happening? I'm passing that disservice along to that person. So if I don't accept that, then they say, oh, wow, that didn't work. And they may still blame me, but one day in a rare moment, they may say, wow, I really threw that at another person? And what did I expect from them? I wrote them this whole thing and said, I don't mean to hurt your feelings while they were hurting your feelings. Or I said that to hurt your feelings, but I won't admit it. So I'm telling you I'm doing the opposite. I used to believe that because I did not understand the depth of hurt people carry because it doesn't have a sign on their forehead that keeps flashing, I'm hurt and I need to hurt you, I'm hurt and I need to hurt you, or blame you, or push you, or scream at you, point my fingers at you. No one comes with that sign. So I look back in my life at different dreams I've had. I tried to think about the times I blamed my parents for not letting me do anything. And I used to have a lot of dreams about being trapped. Trapped in a house, trapped in a car, where I couldn't get out, couldn't breathe. And it was because I really felt in my the deepest part of my heart, my rights were taken away from me. But then I realized something. Nobody can take away the depths of our mind. I started reading. I always somehow defaulted to writing. I set up, I know it's going to sound weird, but my parents bought these desks for a dollar from our school. They were the old desks that used to open up and you'd put your stuff in them and then you put them down and it would slant so you could actually write really well on them. And the chair was actually molded into the desk so it was an entire unit. And at the end of the school year, they would sell the old desks for a dollar. So my mom went and bought three of the desks. Actually, my uncle did, but she gave him the money so he can carry them because we lived close enough to the school to where we carried those home one by one. So anyway, they were in our basement, and I had a chalkboard. And what I did, now think about how God prepares us, but we have no idea why. We're like hardwired to our own truth was I used to play school with an imaginary classroom and teach my classroom what I learned that day. But I didn't teach them like, oh, I learned this today, so I'm sharing it. I actually taught it like I was the teacher teaching them what they needed to know. So I had assimilated what I learned enough to do that. And I would do that for hours because I couldn't do the things other kids were allowed to do. And at the end of the day, I'm talking on a phone telling you guys what I'm learning. The power of our mind helps us in every way, whether we are asleep or awake And when we are asleep, it is literally unleashed. It is 
uncensored. I always, when someone remembers a dream, I'm like, wow, you're so lucky. What did it say? Because their lesson is my lesson in so many ways. So doing this show, inheriting everyone's dreams, I mean, do it anonymous. We all know we've had them in one way or another. And they guide us. If you ever wonder why God doesn't talk to you and you remember a dream, you can check that off your list. Even the scariest of dreams we still wake up from, they did not happen. They're illusions of the mind. But really, they're like scenarios. They're what ifs. They're, oh, wow, and I still am okay. And you always wake up okay. There's never a wasted dream remembered. So I have one more dream before I finish. And sorry I went off on that tangent, but gosh, it's just so worth saying. So I have this dream. Good morning, Nadia. There are two little dreams for today's show. I dreamt I was threatened by a murderer. The person that was then was jailed in Japan, charged of murder. I was so relieved and free. All fear had left me. In the other dream, I died. I was crushed by a wave and woke up gasping for air. The wave caught me trying to follow my partner to a beautiful snorkeling reef. Much love and Merry Christmas. So you dreamed you were threatened by a murderer and the person then was jailed, charged of murder, but you, you weren't killed. You were just threatened, but see, the person got charged for murder. So it's telling you nothing is as it seems, nor as it is seen. But the freedom you felt that it was addressed was all you needed. Think about that. That somebody knew that this happened, they addressed it, regardless of whether the guy went to jail for murder that he did not commit yet, but the threat was big enough. So it's telling you to look at problems or challenges or issues or even happiness for what it is, not the end result. Because the end result was if he did commit murder, what would happen? He would go to jail. But the end result is not as important as treating something with integrity along the way. Integrity is a big deal. We don't talk about integrity very much because we just expect people to have it, and then when they don't, we're shocked, and they're the things we talk about, like, can you believe so-and-so did this to their kids or did this at their work or, or did this to their partner because it is a line that crosses the basic unspoken level of integrity. So treating things with care along the way, paying attention to the details that a threat is not okay. But it also, there's another prong to this dream. You yourself are free of threatening yourself, of hurting yourself. 
you no longer consciously want to hurt you. And if you do, you feel that you will have consequences that you will put on yourself so that you remain, you will fight for your own freedom. So those are the two prongs of that dream. Then in the other dream, you died. Well, what happens when we die? Because when we die in our dreams, what do we do? We can see ourselves. So are we dead? We don't die. Dying in our dreams is one of the most interesting parts of our dreams because it is a dream of being reborn. What's dying is old thoughts, old baggage, old stuff. It's like officially dying. Like, hey, you beat me to a pulp. I'm done. I'm gone. You're, you're like, have all this empty space, and you're like, wow, all those feelings I had are gone. Now what? What do I fill that space with? Ah, take a deep breath. Well, you were crushed by a wave and woke up gasping for air, but... Once you do that, you, you, you wake up, you take a deep breath, you're grateful that you're okay because now you have this space that whatever you choose to put in that space, you are choosing. It's not just landing there. A lot of the stuff we deal with in life lands in us. It was given to us without us knowing we took it. Maybe the way our parents raised us or treated us or maybe they we got in trouble and we took it in a completely different context and our parents don't even remember what they said or what they did and then we built a whole life around it. But it's come to a place of understanding and release. You got that breath before you went on in your life to go snorkeling in your dream, but to go on to the next phase of your life. Seeing things for what they are, feeling that you're approaching them with integrity, letting go of what held you, breathing, and going on to a new life. If you're listening, because I think this person is out of the country, but I don't know what time zone you're in, but really listen to that. There are five things. Write them down. Our dreams guide us to the depths of who we are. The, the person in our home who is ill always used to say, I never remember my dreams, almost like pride, like dreams were silly or just took up like, they're so crazy. What could be important about them? And now that they're sick, they remember a ton of their dreams. They went from zero to 60 when it comes to dreams. And believe it or not, a lot of them are super pleasant. Every time I hear them, because I'm always interested, well, what happened here and what happened there? And, and then the other common thing is I woke up in the dead of night and I was thinking this and would tell us what they were thinking. 
And sometimes it involved my son, sometimes it involved my daughter, sometimes it just involved some crazy part of their past. But there has been a lot of emotional reconciliation through these dreams. To the point that they, in the mornings, don't even want to wake up because that's when they remember the dreams they were having. They don't want them to end. Because in their dreams, they are able to do everything they used to do because the body right now will not do that. And there's freedom and there's warmth and there's hope and there's faith in those dreams. God gave us our own cinema. Every once in a while, we get to remember the movie. And they are never bad news. I don't care how scary they are. They will pull out what we're feeling so that we can face ourselves. You guys, I love you so very much. We are done already today. Have a great Christmas. I will see you on Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.